Asymmetrical Haircuts Justice Update with Janet Anderson and Stephanie van den Berg. All rise. Hey, Stephanie, how are you? I'm good, Janet. How are you? Well, we're back again after the summer and we're doing asymmetrical haircuts. Yes, and we're doing something new. We're doing a new format that we are going to call Justice Update, where we kind of chat about what we did, what's coming up and who we are planning to have on our longer episodes. Because if you're here, you're interested in international justice. So we're going to keep up with that theme. So what have you been doing during the summer? Do you read anything good? Um, I read a book called Asymmetrical because when I saw it, I thought I have to read this book because of the Asymmetrical Haircuts podcast. And did, and did it have any haircuts in it? No, it's a very, apparently it's brilliantly crafted with a very interesting end, which I haven't gotten to, which is two kind of com- seemingly completely separate stories that will somehow merge perfectly in the end about one about a, like a book editor who falls in love with, or has an affair with an older kind of Nobel Prize winning author very much older, and then an Iraqi doctor who gets detained in a British airport. And um, I uh, read my way through the first part, which is the book editor with the very elderly book author, which got a bit boring in the end. But you still got to do the other unsymmetrical, asymmetrical The unsymmetrical part. part. It's getting more interesting. I mean, I'm more into Iraqi doctors being detained, apparently, than, than old men. Uh, getting Nobel Prizes. Well, I've been um, working through the summer through uh, Lindsay Hilsom's biography of Marie Colvin, who was a well-known journalist um, who died in Syria, covering the Syria war. She was looked amazing with the um, eye patch. Uh, she was part of the group of journalists called the Old Trouts, they called themselves, including Lindsay and Lise Doucette. Um, so I kind of knew them tangentially at the BBC uh, at one point and her biography yeah there's a bit of a um that could have been me but it's also more of a wow I'm very glad that that wasn't me but what an amazing person and um what amazing work she did um so I'm uh, I'm enjoying that very much oh when you finish we can swap over I would okay. love to read that and um what else have you been up to? Because um, the courts and everything have been starting. Um, there's been something going on in the Dutch courts? Yes, I was at the high security court in Schiphol, which uh, I went... What's that like? How do you get into it? Well, it's uh, mostly it's very far from anything and it's very forbidding place in a way because it's right next to the detention center that the asylum seekers go to when they're ex- uh, expelled from Schiphol. And it's the place where they do the terrorism trials yes so this one is this was a war crimes trial but of a of a man who is suspected of being a commander for the nusra front in syria um so he also falls in that terrorism war crimes uh, category so he's is doing it the super secure court um and journalists are allowed in to cover this yes they do and i especially wanted to go inside because i wanted to see this court because it's going to be the location of the mh17 trial um that we talked uh, before with Marike de Hoon about. So I wanted to see the interior and how the setup is because I'm probably going to be spending a lot of time there. And do you expect any results out of the uh, Nusrit Front trial anytime soon? No, not really. I think it will be well into next year before the trial actually starts. This was more a procedural hearing, but we got to hear some of the stuff that the prosecutor has dug up and why uh, and, the, and the evidence they have and part of the defense. Because what was interesting for me to show up there was that the defense lawyer was saying 
um, that he, this man, um, the suspect concedes that he's been at the site where this execution takes place that he's accused of, but he was there for a very different reason. So you can kind of see the outline of the case that the prosecutor is trying to present, and you see the case of the defense. And so um, that's interesting, um, but they have to hear a lot of witnesses, and especially for Dutch courts, they're going to hear witnesses in Turkey and in Syria. They're going to try. That's interesting. That's interesting and rare, so that's probably going to take a lot of time before they get to it. So I'm not expecting anything real in terms of a trial starting until next year, but it was very interesting to show up, see the site, and talk to everybody. And in terms of the ICC, it's been fairly quiet, but there's been one decision decision recently that um, I think both of us noticed that appeals judges decided that the prosecutor should look again at uh, the Comoros case, um, and they've given her an amount of time to uh, to come back on that. Well, what's the Comoros case about? If you can yeah, remind I was going to say, for those of you who don't follow the, the ICC, this is, sounds the Comoros case sounds a little misleading. This is actually the case of ships registered to the Comores, which is why it's a Comores case for the ICC, because the Comores is an ICC member. But these ships went in a flotilla to the Gaza Strip to uh, provide humanitarian aid, and there was an Israeli, uh, Israeli forces raided the flotilla. And uh, So it's the Mavi Mamara, yes, I think it's called? I think so. There's been backwards and forwards at the ICC as to whether this is really a case... Uh, that the ICC should take on with the prosecutor looking into it regularly and saying no, and the judges regularly saying but. Yes, or at least the appeals getting getting approved because there's a lot of push from, from NGOs and, and parties to take a look at this as a way to take a look at what is uh, what Israel is doing and to kind of address Israeli uh, potential war crimes. Um, I think it would be interesting if we could find someone to talk to uh, on the podcast to tell us more about what I certainly see as the battle for power within the ICC between, as you'd expect anyway, between the judges and the prosecutor, who defines what prosecutorial strategy should be, because the other judges have previously said uh, no to the prosecutor um, on the Afghan investigation, for example. So we could look at that that together. Would you be interested in doing podcasts like that? Definitely. I think that's the big question now together, um, you know, in general support for the ICC, but the quick question or the battle within the ICC walls is now who is uh, who defines this prosecutorial strategy and how much can the judges say about that and the way that's going to unfold is going to really determine what the ICC can do. So so if you've got any ideas, listeners, um, who you'd like us to interview, let us know via the website or via one of our social media channels. Definitely. And what have we got coming up? Oh, well, um, for this uh, this kind of new series that we're doing, we have spoken to Iva Vukasic, who is specialist in Serbian paramilitaries and the Yugoslav wars, which, of course, I love because I'm all about <laughs> the Yugoslav wars. And I love it because we take a dog for a walk. Yes, and um, Eva and I talk a mile a minute, and so apparently it was good that we were walking, so we had to slow down slightly, but still um, 
it's it's fast talking about wars in the former Yugoslavia. So. And I did an interview with JJ Wangui, um, a journalist who specialised in sexual and gender-based crimes, um, particularly the ones that happened during the post-election violence in Kenya, and particularly the ones that happened to men from uh, different ethnic groups, something that she feels hasn't been covered sufficiently um, and definitely needs more airing in public so that people understand exactly what happened. What else have we got? Well, we also spoke to Kevin John Heller. So we have a, a finally a man on the podcast, even though we said we're going to interview mainly women. But at oh, some but point, he's allowed. He's allowed. And at some point, you know, we don't want to be exclusive the other way. We don't want to have instead of a man or having like a femal where we only we only have women. So we want to we want to be inclusive. So we talked to Kevin about the ICC and mostly about Myanmar and Rohingya cases and the kind of way that I feel that people are trying to get cases to the ICC through the back door. So not uh, when a country is not a member state, find a neighboring country, which is, and then try to find a way to link your case to that neighboring country so you can get a case before the ICC. Um, We look at the implications of that for a variety of cases. I think that's quite interesting. Um, And we're also going to try and look a bit at um, what one of the major powers behind the ICC, the Canadian governments, how they are working on international institutions here in The Hague, uh, what Canadian foreign policy is, and specifically who they're going to be backing for the next prosecutor. That's the next big thing that's going to come up in the ICC is the election of the new prosecutor and the kind of moves that are already being made and their positioning that everybody's going to be doing that's probably going to come to a head at the Assembly of State Parties in December where everybody's going to be lobbying and pushing for one thing or the other. So, um, yeah, there's plenty more to come. Um, we're carrying on doing the podcast. Watch out for it um, every couple of weeks with updates, with uh, tidbits, with full-on interviews, all kinds of different range range of things. We now also have transcripts on our website. So if you're not a listening person, you can also see the written version uh, that we've put up for most of the episodes we've done. Our first next big episode is going to be with Eva Vukosic on paramilitaries. Okay. Um, And then we'll just uh, keep on pumping them out. So look forward to recording with you again in a few weeks' time. Definitely. And remember to subscribe. Um, Where are we again? Asymmetricalhaircuts.com. And where else? We are on all the major podcast uh, providers or podcast hosts, I guess. How do you call it? Podcast aggregators. I have no idea, but I get all of my stuff from iTunes. Where do you get yours? I get my stuff from Player FM, but we're also on Stitcher, we're on Spotify, we're on SoundCloud, and a lot of stuff that I haven't ever heard of, but our technical person has signed us up for. So basically, people have no excuse not to be able to find us. We're everywhere. Um, So sign up and please, please, please leave us a review. Yes, because that helps other people find the show and other people who are interested and that gets us more um, listeners, which means we get to do this longer. This podcast was created and presented by Janet Anderson and Stephanie van den Berg. Show notes and additional blogs are available on asymmetricalhaircuts.com. It is recorded in the Hague Humanity Hub, home to a community of innovators in the field of peace, justice, development and humanitarian action. Music is by audionautics.com. 
And the show is available on every major podcast service. So please subscribe, give us a rating and spread the word.